0: Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a class from our 2022 Elul Learning Series. The first part, we talked about God and the impact of this day, right? The Shofar Gadol, etc., etc., And it ended, that second paragraph ended, that God will um, uh, evaluate every soul and then determine the end of all creatures and their uh, decree will be written down. Okay, so now we move into the implementation of that and now we're moving away from a future tense. Pointing, which really sounds like it's dealing with the ultimate Yom Hadin, which is the, the uh, onset of the uh, Messianic era. Uh, but now, and, and so that's the reality of what will be. But the whole point is it's being mentioned here because the implication is that this Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur period is actually almost the same, has the same gravitas to it As does the ultimate end of days. So now we're going to see, now, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, what's going to happen, right? Um, and here, but this is, this is still, this is still in future tense, but the point is it's clear we're talking about Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, right? It says so. So this is not, this is now the, being applied, taken out of the frame of end of days, and being brought now to Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, where we are now. So this is what's going to happen. And remember, it is all in the plural. I'm I'm sorry, it is all in the future because we on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur do not know what the Gazar Din is, Right? And in fact, the process only takes place at the very end of Yom Kippur. So it's still a future, even though it's said on Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, and Yom Kippur, the future being the end of this judgment period. That's right, of which we, of which we are a part right now. Okay, so that's what's going to happen. Okay, so Rosh Hashanah Yikatevun. Okay. So now you ask, why did I link those two lines together? It sounds like we all, we also the way we sing it, the way we sing it, right? The the first line, the introduction, Baruch Hashanah, Yechatayimun, etc., 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 etc. Right? All right. So the the uh, the fact is, the way the poem is structured, the first two lines really go together. How do we know that? Look at the un's at the end, right? Kama ya'avrun, kama yibareun, berosh hashana yikatevun, yom tzom tiker yechatemun. kama ya'avrun, kama yibareun, Yechatemun, yibareun. The poetry indicates that the two lines are intended together to constitute the introductory statement. Barbara Brieger, your hand is up. Yeah, Um
1: why is it necessary that it says on the fast of the day of amendment, of atonement last week? Why, why doesn't it just say on the day of atonement? It, it is because it's, it's, is it poetic? Is that the reason? Yeah, well, you'll see. Yeah, I mean,
0: Yom Tzom, right? Emphatic, right? Right. It's the same sound, right? Right. So that's that's it. You, you're right. You could
1: say Ubi Yom Kippur, right? Yes. Right, because you say on Rosh Hashanah, you don't say on the eating day of Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. Because the impact there's nothing to
0: impact it with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. Okay, so how many shall pass? Who shall pass, uh, and who shall be created? All right, all right, okay. Are you with us, Rene? All right, we're moving because we're moving. We're moving. All right. So now, now we're going to get. Now we 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 finished with the uns, right? Which is an Aramaic ending, by the way. Remember we talked about that. If this comes, as we suggested, from the era. Of in Eretz Israel, of you know pre-Islamic conquest when Arabic slowly began to come into influence. This is our, the time when Aramaic was the spoken language in Israel, and Aramaisms, elements of Aramaic, were woven into the Hebrew of the Talmudic era, which we're talking about. Okay, but now we're moving down to um, the 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 mes right okay so miege yamut. okay who shall live and who shall die and now we are going into that creates a subcategory of who shall die it's interesting the, the next number of lines are all dedicated to different ways that you can die right it's it, why do you think that is when, why why Dafka focus on that side of the equation?
1: I guess because we all want to live, and he's giving us all these things that can kill us as we go. Just trying to make make it really heavier on that
2: part. I think that's it. Yes, Tybo. um, I also think that in particular, this may be a little bit comforting because the concept of dying obviously can be frightening from an existential perspective, but someone could say, Oh, I'm never near fire. I'm never near water. I'm not near. I mean, sure, hunger and thirst, but if rather than having it be an overwhelming anxiety, it breaks it down where one can deal with it and say, Nope, not at risk for this. No, 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 no. I just think, I think for certain personalities, it makes it,
0: easier possible it's a possibility but i mean the point here is if you look let's look them look through them i mean the the reality is with the exception i would say of raash earthquake okay What, what page rabbi again 143 143 okay the list is down at the bottom
1: of the a Hebrew cal- cal- as, as, as an 84-year-old person, I see nothing existential about dying. It's something I think about a fair amount because I've reached a point where it, God, please give me another 16 years. But yeah. if you don't, so be it, and it could be anything at any time.
0: Right, exactly. But some of these things, I mean, I, the, I, I understand Tabo, where you're coming from, but I think the the point is. <clears throat> Ra'ash earthquake, we know geologically is only going to happen in places where there is a fault zone, right? Right. And there are many places on the face of this earth where they don't get earthquakes. However, okay, the, all of these other things, let's go through them. You'll see could apply no matter who you are or where you are. And even though it hasn't happened to you up until now, the point is if you're deserving of it, then you know you might get it, okay, so um, so mibi kittso umi loba, okay, this is the only one that does not specifically speak only of death, okay, Kiitsso is is his end, right, and not his end, so his end means what you would expect a good, decent limit of life, okay i mean like um example right now in our community i think we may have mentioned this once before there are a lot of people today who assume that our loved ones are going to live to be 90 you know a few years ago 70 was the marker then 80 became the marker now 90 is def- definitely within the realm it's of poverty. not enough <laughs> And, and, um, you know, it's, it is.
3: And some, thank God, have made it beyond that.
0: Yeah, right. But the point, I'm speaking as a, a sort of the, 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 the early limit, okay? But I, Renee, I often, I don't mention you by name, but you were a person when your dad, Allahu Shalom, died. How old was he? 80. What? He was 84. Okay. And and you, somebody in your family said it's too early, okay. And how many? How many what? How many years ago? It was fourteen. Okay, so that's that's, that's during the last part of my. I'm out of my job for twelve years now, okay. So this is exactly the timing when I was at that point in my work at Bethel. It's exactly what I noticed. That five year span of my last years, 90 became a, a reasonable expectation. And every time somebody would die before 85, okay, it was too early. They expected more. Like and Sam so, Wyler at 84. Yeah. I mean, so, but the point is that that's what, I mean, today I can tell you, poo, poo, poo. Okay. I've done a lot of funerals for 90 years, 90 year old people more so now. I've even had some centenarians. Okay. It's the, the, in, in, in a oh, community boy. where people are conscious of healthcare and have the means to, to get that healthcare, that, that line is, is moving this way. Okay. All right. Anyway, so that's what this means. Lobaquito means premature. Okay. All right. Now, meba eshu meba maya. Fire and water. Okay. That can hit anyone at any time. I mean, even if you live in the, in, in Phoenix, Arizona, it is possible for you to die by fire, by water, because yeah. <laughs> you have flash floods. Right. Okay. Even in the desert, Bapka in the desert. Okay. And, and it, it suddenly happens. You're not prepared. You're stuck in a place where otherwise you, but there it is. Boom. All right. Eish, fire. It could be lightning too, by the way. Eish has both meanings. Cherev or Chaya. Cherev. You see, play on, again, you're looking here. uh, Look, Eish and Mayim are opposites, right? How do you put out a fire? With water, right? So that's, all. but here, Cherev and Chaya, wordplay. Chet and Chet. Right? Sword and a wild animal. Well, but you wild... can kill the sword with a wild You can kill the wild animal with the sword. No, but this is what's being used against you. Well,
2: I, yeah, you could. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, are you thinking Chakavya, Rene? What? Um, no, yeah, I'm just it was thinking like a...
3: that, it, that they're comparing, that they're using both of those words on purpose because technically you can kill the wild animal with a sword. <laughs> <clears throat> with a sword, it's possible. That's cute.
0: I like it. Okay. <laughs> no, really, you know, this poetry. You find yeah. you know, okay. And so so uh what what you said before, it's it's perfectly legitimate because people read into these poems all kinds of different meanings. I can see somebody saying you're going through saying, That no, I, that wouldn't be me because of this. That wouldn't be me because of this. Okay. All right. But but the point is let's so let's but from the poetic perspective, the chet and the chet go together, okay? Mibha Raav, who with hunger, and mebat sama, who with thirst. They go together, right? Two sides of the same coin, dep- depriving you of essential things that you need to put into your body. Now this is interesting, though. Mibha Raash, Mabe Magefa, who in earthquake and who in plague. We've had a plague for two and a half years. Yep, and probably some earthquakes are going to happen along the way, too. Okay. Uh, so those could be very relevant for those of us in Southern California, both of them. I think I mentioned once before that when Sam Lee, when Cantor Kellimer used to sing this, you know, he used to go, Miva Rush, ra- because he knew that the earthquake could happen.
2: Right there. I I just want to say that I was once visiting an aunt in Riverdale New York and sleeping on her couch and in Riverdale New York an earthquake knocked me off that couch. Are you serious? Wow. I, I- am serious. It was in the 1980s and then in the and Mar- in Maryland in the 20-somethings we had an earthquake here that broke shelving in the bathroom and knocked things over. So I'm just saying yes, even just- when I- not in southern California.
0: That's right. I agree. But you know, by the way you should know uh in, in I don't know where the epicenter of that New York thing was but um uh 125th Street is a fault if you live on Broadway you see it right away you can understand it where we lived when I was at the seminary So Freddie and I lived in an apartment that overlooked Broadway, and we were at about equivalent of 122nd, 123rd. There was no street there because it was solid uh, housing. Anyhow, so it was between we were between 122nd and 125th. All right. The subway became an elevated there because the ground dipped down. and then came back up, and everybody was who looked who read about it knew there was a fault right there in no, North Manhattan. So I'm, I don't know if what happened Riverdale is not that far north of there. So I don't know if that was that fault or what, and I don't know who was at fault. That's a but
2: tough. that is an incredible fun fact.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember when you were in our house, you and Freddie, with a bunch of other people, I think it was on Hanukkah, and we were next to, about to light candles, or we had just lit, and we had a, a pretty good-sized
0: earthquake. Yeah, the,
1: yes. The, the water in the pool was overlapping the pool.
0: Right, yes, yes, that's right. I remember, that's right. Yeah, I mean, the, the, in here you get used to it, sort of. It's still scary. All right, moving on. Now here, chanika and skila are actually punishments. Strangulation and, and, um, stoning. Those are, those are capital crime punishments. Okay. So th- that's, that's a baddie, right? All right. So now. But no one
3: really gets stoned
0: anymore. Well, I know people get stoned, but they don't necessarily die. They just are incoherent ah different ah. kind of stone okay cool okay no they, no we don't nor do we strike well we there are still people who do hang people yeah anyway but that so but they're symbolic of capital punishments that's what this is and again it's written remember talmudically those are still operative punishments in the talmudic era they are still operative punishments you know if they could be implemented Okay, then Miyanuach, this is really interesting. Now we're not talking about dying anymore. Other levels of suffering. Miyanuach u Miyanuach. Who will be at rest and who will be agitated? Nuan like
3: think of psyche, the psyche. Yeah. Who's gonna be at peace and who's gonna not be, who's gonna be troubled. These to are me. That's totally psychological both of them. These are psychological things
0: here. Yes, look, look. Miyashkit, who will have things Quiet, peaceful. Matarof um, in modern Hebrew means somebody who's mentally imbalanced. Okay. But here it means who's torn. I mean, who's, they're, 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 they're the opposite of quiet. Okay. Then me shall who will be at peace and me yet ye who will, who will suffer pain. All right. So these are physical and emotional, psychological, uh, Sufferings. Then me, ya yeah. Ya? Who will become poor? Um, me, ya All right. So here you have contrasts all the way. All right. Who here so there's two iron and iron, But again, those are opposites. The, uh, these are these are all opposites actually. Uh, yeah. These the last five are opposites. Meushpal, who will be brought low? Um, yarumen, who will be elevated? Okay. And you can understand that could be depressed, right? Who will be? It could be depression. It could be low uh, status-wise, right? Me, a room. Who will be uplifted, feeling I'm terrific? Wow! Hooray! You know, or it means their status was elevated in some fashion. Either way. All
2: right. So these are the various things that could... Ra- Rabbi. It, yeah. Um. Is there an easy answer if you look at the last 5? Mhm. First there was something good, peace in English, peace serene triangle and then not so good, but then it flipped. It did good, three good bads and then it flipped to two. Let me look at the next page. No, it's done. Then it flipped to two bad good. Do you have any theory about why?
0: You want to change. It's no, interesting. I'm not I, I'm not sure I know. No it's a,
1: that's a good point it's it's really interesting i don't know Joel, grammatically the last five s- start with a yud which is the the male singular future yes but the forgetting the first line which is come k- come um and the second the y- yeah because that's um the, the, yud, the yud is, uh. The is the same, uh, same as down below. It's a, again, it's the male. But the ones that begin with the bubs, what is that grammatically? Oh. That, uh, n- neither. It's
0: referring with, who with the, with, it means with or the, by. Who wi-
1: oh, yeah, who with fire. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. With
0: fire or who by fire. So that it
1: is a preposition. I should have known that because I've been studying with Barrett, but I didn't see it.
0: Huh, thank you. All right. Well, forgive you this time, Barbara. Next time you better watch it. Okay. Now, turn the page. All right. So now that's all the horrible things. Okay. And now we're going to learn why there's hope. And uh, that's the power of the poem. It shakes the dickens out of you with fear, but then it says, hold on, hold on. We can, there's a way, there are ways that this thing, we can assume that this is going to be managed one way or the other. All right. And now we're going to shift over to another notion of God that we've already seen expressed, but now it's going to be expressed more explicitly. But then we're going to have an interesting parallel in a moment between, and this is the amazing beauty of the poem. It's powerful. Uh, a contrast will be created in the sec in the first, between the first and the second paragraphs. Okay. Chuva utfila utsdaka ma'avirin et roah hagzeira. Chuva, repentance, prayer, and righteousness. Now what does ma'avirin et roah hagzeira mean? It can change your fate. It can what? Change your fate. It can change, well, not, mm, mm, yes, it can change it. It doesn't mean, though, that it's going to make it go away. No. The old translation of it co- will cause the, the evil decree to pass. That's not correct. It says, Roa HaGzairah. What does Roa mean? Look at the translation. The harshness. In other words, these three processes can actually change the degree to which the decree, ooh, I made a poem, the degree to which the decree expresses itself. Okay. It's not denying that there may be something free. I mean, divine justice or human justice may necessitate a punishment, but these this is speaking really in terms of more with God, but also i mean even with if you know how how a punishment can be if somebody punishes you by yelling at you uh by giving you a time out, you know things other than a court decree so in in an interpersonal relationship,
3: punishment takes in takes in all kinds of expressions. So but the, my problem with this sentence is that there, were, there are people, for instance, people from the Shoah, who did all of these things in their daily lives, and yet they still did not survive. Oh, no,
0: this but, is right. No, this is, you're right. But this is, that is correct. No, but this is a different situation. This is a situation where you're dealing with somebody has done something wrong and there was punishment. The, the Shoah, the issue there is that these are people, the vast majority of them did not deserve any punishment, right? I mean, other than the minimal human stuff, right? So this is, this is talking more in the frame of people who were really guilty, okay? Because, the guilty
3: ones then also didn't get their punishment. What? No, we. But understand. the guilty ones then also didn't get their no, just you're punishment. Always,
0: you're right. No denial whatsoever. That's always the issue with a horrible, horrible tragedy, right? Just the loss of a small child, right? We know about those things. Horrible. How did you, you know? All right. So, the but let me. Let's explain how that works. So, how does? What? What is the whole? What's the? What's the meaning here? How does this work? How can tshuva, sincere repentance, prayer, and acts of righteousness diminish the impact of the decree, okay? Let's assume that it's not necessarily going to reduce something bad that will happen to you, but what it's saying is you may be able to manage bad situation better if you accomplish these three things okay repentance okay so repentance is a situation where and that's the whole point here i see your hand Well, give me let me just finish okay uh repentance we're dealing here now with something that you have done that you for which you realize you are guilty whether it be intentionally or unintentionally. Okay. Something you, you have done and you realize I did something bad. Okay. So what does chuva do? It means if you look at what chuva means, it's a complex process, right? It means you have to recognize you did something wrong. You got to turn to the party, whether it be human or God, whom you wrong ask for forgiveness, and in some way compensate that person for the harm you caused, and then make it clear to you and to everybody else that you're not going to repeat it. And the Rambam says that ultimately, the best way to be tested is to, to be in the situation where you did it the first time and not do it. That way you can prove to yourself. Now, it doesn't mean you have to, you know, Put yourself in a certain situation, but if it should pop up, that's the ultimate test. But the point is, this assumes that you recognize that you've done something wrong. Okay. I mean, if you've done nothing wrong and, 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 it, and, and you can verify that, but the other party is angry at you, then really the burden shifts on to them. They could be angry at you for something they thought was wrong, but really wasn't. You know, misapplied anger, improperly uh, uh, pro- uh, improperly uh, employed anger. That happens a lot with people. Okay, so this is assuming where you're serious about this. So number one, by doing that, it means if you can reach out to the wronged party and do it properly, then it is assumed that the other party will forgive you. Okay, because it it may not be a forgiveness that is really totally satisfies you, but there may be a forgiveness. I mean, a forgiveness can. can, There are gradations of forgiveness. I don't have to tell you that. But you know, I'm not just talking about the kid who says, "I'm sorry," you know, or you know, and the, the words, the way you, the way they express it, is nothing. The question is, what's going on inside? So there are people who've been really really hurt but they understand that the only way they're going to get rid of the hurt internally within them is that they somehow start to to rectify situations and and even appreciate the fact that this other person who did something bad to them has a good side and they're really serious okay the my my total pain that that person caused me is not going to go away, but it'll diminish and I, I, I will work on it. All right. That takes a big step. Okay. But it's assumed Rambam says it, 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 there's, there's an argument if Rambam said it or if it was uh, somebody who added it into his statement in, in the laws of repentance. Rambam says that if the person who is doing chuva and the law there is you got to go if if it doesn't work the first time, you go a second time. If it doesn't work a second time, you do the whole thing a third time. One second, I, uh, Pibble's and then, and then Renee. Okay, you do it the third time. Okay. No, I was just saying three. Oh, three. Yeah, that's right. Three times. Yes. Anyhow, uh, the, uh okay, but then it either it's cut off, that's it, and, and you've done your job. That's one way of saying it. But Rob, the, There are versions of the Rambam where it says, and if not, then the burden of guilt flips over to the person who you wronged. If they don't forgive you. If they don't forgive you. Okay. Okay. But so this is a complex process. It should have an impact. That's the point. And if that happens, then the decree, however it's expressed, coming from the other side will be diminished. The person may say, Okay, I forgive you, but you still owe me 150 bucks, you know, with interest because it's now two years since you apologize, since you did it, you know, and, and, you know, you, you should give me that. All right. You still got to pay it, but you understand now that the situation is different and you can say, okay, I've done my job here. I'm paying you. All right. That's one thing. Secondly, tsudaka. Acts of right and prayer, sorry, prayer. Now, prayer, of course, is really addressed to God. You don't pray to another human being, right? So this is to God. So this deals with the the things that you were, you really violated serious principles that we believe are ultimately divine in origin, all right? Whatever they might be. And here too, you know, we'll see God, we've already seen this. God can check our innards, right? He knows our sincerity. Yes. We've discussed that before. Yes. God checks our, our innards and our heart to see what we're really thinking and feeling. Okay. So we have to convince God through prayer that we are sincerely uh penitent. we ask for forgiveness, and we will not do it again. Okay? That's what God expects. And if we do that and we are sincere, then we can expect that God will forgive. Now again, there may be certain negative ripples that come out of what you have done that are inevitable, okay? Uh, for example. Um, you go into a tray restaurant and you have bacon and eggs for breakfast, okay? Because you're 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 not secure in your kashrut, so you say, Ah, what the heck? I'm gonna have some bacon and eggs, okay? And you taste it, and you know what? It's not all that's cracked up to be. But you did it. And somebody walks by and they say, Oh, look, Chaim had bacon and eggs for breakfast. That son of a gun, I thought he was a religious Jew. Oh boy, I'm not gonna trust him anymore because he passes himself off as a religious Jew. Okay? So who have you wronged? God. So you you go to God and you say, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. It was a moment of impulse It was totally wrong, etc. etc. But Moshe saw you. Okay? And you and, and he saw what you were doing, and he was totally astounded. And he's part of a group of people that know you, and and you know you trust somebody's kashrut. Kashrut is trust. If I walk into your house and you say it's kosher, I'll say fine. I'm not going to go in and check, read all the the food products, food objects that you have, and I'm not going to check, you know, whether there's a piece of meat stain on your flesh dishes or something, right? You trust. So the question: How can I trust Chaim anymore? Look what he did. And Moshe feels the need to tell other people. So the point is, God may have forgiven you, but what about all these people? There is still a price to pay. And now you've got to turn to these other people who know about this and and say, you know what? Yeah, I was wrong. And make them and convince them. Okay. So the prayer itself might rectify it with God. But again, because of the human situation that's involved, you may need to do something with the people around you because of trust. Okay. All right. And then finally, it's stuck, acts of righteousness. So the point is if you, if you can act, if, now it doesn't mean that you can choose A, B or C. The point is you got to do all three. Because remember, when you wrong a human being, you still have to ask forgiveness from God. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. And in a situation where you've wronged the human being, if you don't ask forgiveness from the human being, God can't forgive you. So in areas of human being, at interpersonal things, it's got to be both vertically and horizontally. Okay. Now tzedakah, Having done A and B, you've done tshuva. You've prayed. Okay. Acts of righteousness then will also help to ma- diminish the impact of your whatever consequences, because you will understand that you're working. There will you will start to change your character. You will define to yourself what what it was, and you will now move to you do righteous acts in order to make sure that the change sticks because you're moving in a way of righteousness. And, And it's called, this would be behavior modification through righteous activity. Okay, whereas before unrighteousness, lack of righteousness is what prevailed. Okay, so all of these things then, what it is teaching us is that these can, to some degree, limit the scope of whatever the decree might be. And the decree can come from any kind, any kind of different direction. That's what it's saying. All right. I'm finished with my little sermon. Okay. Tybalt, you wanted to make a comment?
2: just like, When you started talking, when we just flipped, flipped the page and you were saying the three things, Tshuva, Tfila, Tzedakah, and what that can do, what I thought of, and I'm just interested in your reaction to that, is Jewishly what we talk about all the time is the difference between wishing for healing and wishing for curing. What was it, wishing for healing and wishing for? Curing. Curing. Like when you, when you have a medical problem that may be intractable and it's never going to get better, what Jewishly one wishes for, like with a Mishabarev, I always thought was, you're not wishing for a cure, you're wishing for a healing, which is a way to come to terms with that reality in, in a way that it's not... Um, Overwhelming overwhelming or perpetually a cause of like, this is the only analogy I can think of. I've had a very eventful medical day of all things, but it's one thing when something can heal. It's another, oh, I know, let's say you have a shoes that give you blisters, but yeah. and you keep wearing them. You'll get blisters on blisters on blisters. And maybe the blister is bad enough that there's a scar. It's never going to go away. I mean, it's a really bad analogy. That's where I thought maybe you were going which is the idea of the coming to an acceptance of something as a reality and whatever you could have done rather than fixing it. You can't fix it like a cure would be fixing it. Yeah, I see. I thought that's where you were going, but then I wasn't so sure. Well, no,
0: I didn't think of it because I'm thinking the the point is that's where you – I mean, disease. Ill. Let's let's talk about let's talk about that for a moment. Um, I think you you need to do tshuva if you do that to yourself only from the perspective that God does not want us to inflict pain upon ourselves and and maim our bodies. Right? That's a sin. So yes, you have you have you you gotta set it right with God. That's the first thing. But secondly, yes, the result of it might be, no, I think you're, you're in the, in line with what I was just saying. The result of it might be that you've created a permanent problem for yourself. Okay. So you understand that you're responsible for it. You understand that you ask God for forgiveness. Uh, but now you've got to figure out what can I do to manage the challenge that I have created for myself, right? And the point is, if you've done these things and you appreciate the fact that uh you're still here, right, you got a pain, but now you're going to have to do things, number one, to protect that. And perhaps now you're going to, your punishment would be you have to buy shoes that are fit properly so that it doesn't continue to irritate it. And you do it, hopefully, you know, you have the money to do it. <laughs> All right, but the point is, yeah. So you understand now that that it is appropriate for me. I'm uh, making a good effort to manage the damage that I have done, just from your sho- dealing with your shoes and and the the result of it. Okay, so yeah, I mean that would be okay. Yes, uh, the same thing is. Let's say, let's say though that you have a cancer, and it's inoperable but it's treatable that was the term you said right in a sense it's treatable so you make the commitment okay i'm scared stiff of this cancer when i hear that word it sends horror through my body and my mind but i but the doctor says i can manage it and live a decent life uh whether this is going to cut years off the end of my life right or i don't know but it can i i can function Okay, good. I've done what I need to do. I've made my peace. I'm now going to soften the blow. And I can do that by taking the medicine they tell me to take, by keeping myself in good shape, eat proper foods, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And yes, I will make the commitment now to live as long as I can with as full as life as I can, and this will become a, a chronic disease in me. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna manage it. Okay? So yes, you have diminished the, the extent of the decree, so to speak. Alright? So yeah, I think what you're saying, healing, I mean, you know, that, yeah, cure is much more final than healing. I would agree with that. Healing is a process. And if it's a chronic thing, then that process is gonna take time. And you're right. The healing may simply be managing rather than an absolute cure. So no, I I don't think you're, you, you, it fits into, I think it fits into what I was talking about. Uh, does that, is that helpful? Yes. Okay.
2: Good. Okay. It's, It's just cause it's on the healing versus curing or maybe in the more common, common term, things that are palliative versus curative. It's yeah. one of those things where I think Jewish wisdom, at least for me, is very helpful.
0: Yes, you know, it is. I mean, that, that's true. I mean, the diminution of pain, right? I think of a hospice situation, okay? I mean, hospices. we go to hospice, you know, when we know that it's irreversible. And it's a legitimate option. Of course, I mean, this is across the denominations now. You have orthodox people going into hospice as well as you do conservative reformer, non you know, nondescript, whatever. Uh so but the point is, the idea there is though, that ultimately the person who is suffering has got to be kept in as little pain and anguish as possible. I know somebody who had incurable cancer. And they were basically fine. They began hospice care six months before they were told that they were going to die. Interesting. Okay. Knowing that over time, he was going to decline. And he, you know, at the beginning, the treatments were minimal because that's what he needed. Right. But over time... He segued step by step by step into the more intensive pain management things, uh, changes in diet, whatever they were, you know, to keep him going because he wanted to at least get the most out of what he could do, you know, give it the, given the limitations. And he made, he made the decision that by going into early
1: hospice care, he could do that. Well that's what hospice care is supposed to do is start about six months. When they estimate you have six months or less to, to live. You don't wait till they're one month to oh, live. Right. A lot of people do though, because people don't think about this, unfortunately. Right, I know that. Another of- thing is another thing is with a mission barrack it's my understanding that a mishabaric is not really gonna heal people. Right. Because God willing it God should do something specific for specific people is not really reasonable. But that it it eases the mind of the person for whom the Mishabaric is being said, and even for the family members who want it to be said. It makes people feel better that they're doing something to make the mental status of the person that's sick better. Well, yeah, exactly. And Uh, even the family. Yes, I agree.
0: I, I mean, I've said that myself. I remember a number of times... I mean, I always do Mishabera for, for people who is ill, and I would tell the community, you probably heard me, tell the congregation, it's not a magical thing. It's not it doesn't make magic. But the point is, yes, if somebody knows that people ha- are praying for them, that they're in their minds and their hearts, right, and right. Hopefully that will stimulate them also to contact them from time to time, see how they're doing, right? I mean, the notion that people are thinking and caring about you is a big deal for yeah, Very much so.
3: Right. And also, it's it makes us feel like we're doing something. I mean, I know right. with Stanley, you know, part of why I was doing the Mishabarach all the time and part of why I read Tillam for him all the time was because I couldn't do anything else and at least it made me feel like I was, right. was doing something. That's what I said, for the family and for the person for whom it's given. Right. Of course, it was also while I, why I stopped reading Tillam for him
2: after he passed away. Um, yeah. But, from yep. for me home and Zoom on yep. yep. Shabbos when the list is read, I mean it, it's me. I don't know someone. No one may be looking. I know the people leading the screen isn't up, and other people may have speaker view. But I'll just show you. Whenever my name is read, I always do my virtual background, just acknowledging that I hear you reading my name, whichever clergy member. <laughs> Good. Anyway, Good. it's my one, my little Bethan ritual on job. And
0: that, that's, that's, that's great. That's, that's exactly what should be happening. Sure. Exactly. I mean, I have a list I say, you know, and I, I do not, I don't, um, I don't, I don't read it out loud because it's so long. Okay. But people know it's, I tell them, I'm going to put you on the list. On my list, you know, and they say thank you. Nobody's ever said don't, okay? And and you know, so they know I'm saying this, but I don't want to take up everybody else's time because it's almost as long as the synagogues.
1: Put Shimona Bacha Chava, but of Chava on your list for a few more weeks. Is that your daughter, Barbara? Yeah, she had surgery. Um, she hasn't been on my but, list at all. But she's got post. I know, but but add it to your list, please. All
0: right, one second. Let me just—I got to write it. Find something to write it down. Is there.
2: she on the shul sure list? Yes. Because the other interesting thing for me is because I'm someone who's never going to get off the list, <laughs> or if I get off the list, it's because I'm not—I'm dead. But um, how I was way back when, at the very end of the list, and I'm slowly moving away. Shimona, but,
1: uh, what? Shimona Batakava <laughs> or Shimona <laughs> Chaya Rachel Bat Bachava. What's
0: your name? Batya what? Chava. Ba, e. Your name is Batya Chava? Right. Okay, one second. Thank you. Batya Chava and Shimona but, but what else is her? Shimona. <laughs> Chaya, Rachel. Say it again, please.
1: Shimona Chaya Rachel. Shimona okay. hire Rachel you wouldn't let her take it Shimona <laughs>
0: alright fine done I'll add it to my list as
1: soon as we're finished she I'll just needs it. it for the next two to four weeks because of post-op so. I will you tell me when to take it off okay.
3: alright
0: Okay. so moving on
3: same Barbara I'll put her on my list as well
0: good so Shimona Chaya Rachel Bat Okay. Oh, we did a little mitzvah here. This is good. Now, okay. So why can we assume that this process of tshuva and sadaka will have some sort of an impact that will be helpful to us? Because now we're going to talk about God. Because of your, your name, the the praise of your name is matches your name. Words, we praise your name, your very name is a reason for why we praise you. So, what's God's name? What is God's name? Which name? Well, there is. He only has one. E. Oh, the
2: Tetragrammaton, the Yud Hey Vav
0: Hey. Yeah, tetragrammaton, Yud Hey Vav Hey. Correct. And I say it okay i i don't do the uk kpvk I, I say it okay anyway i never pronounced the name because i don't know how to pronounce it all right and i'm not going to play games with that one because i not, not lightning's going to strike me i don't think so but i just don't know nobody knows all right anyway but the point is that name has with it an association that is a reason that is praiseworthy. Okay. So what is the, what is the, 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 end, the, the principle associated with yudhe, vavhe that makes it praiseworthy? We've, uh, we've mentioned this before and that's what's going to emerge now. All right. So let's see what it is. And you will then tell me what characteristic, what attribute are we talking about that is associated with god's name okay here we go kashelichos difficult to make angry the noach liratzot and eager to look favorably upon you know others this is all god right v'mot bohamei you don't desire the death of someone okay Mothamet, the the death of a dead person doesn't mean that it, <laughs> You don't you don't desire that someone should be given killed so they're dead. You don't want that. What what kivo haya? You want him to return to do repentance to tshuva, return and live Okay? Now here the Adyomoto de and until the appointed time of his death you will wait for him to do that. Im de And if he returns, if he repents, immediately you'll accept it. Okay? And all right, so what what attribute of God is associated with Yudhe Vabhe? Rachmanut. Rachmanut. Bingo. Who said that? I did.
2: Renee said it, but I would have said Rachmanus. <laughs> <laughs> You're both right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's the point.
0: Exactly. So that's the essence, right? I mean, remember Hashem, Hashem, Yalruachum, Buhchanun, Erek, Apayim, Rav We're gonna say that. We're gonna. We're doing it during Slichot. Said it Slichot. We're gonna say it a lot. You know, we, we say it. We we say it when a holy day falls. On a weekday, we don't say it on Shabbos, okay? But we say it when a holy day falls on a weekday, right? Hashem Hashem El Racham even if it's not Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur.
1: Talking about Slichot, why is it the week before and not this coming
2: Shabbos? Well, because it's too short. Why is it? What what length part, of time? If, is that? It's, if it's closer. You, isn't it isn't it 3 days? There yeah, has to be at least 3 yeah, days.
0: It's, it's got to be more than 3 days. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's too short. You got to have more time to get into the slichot, so we we kick it back. All right. um All right. So, yes, it's Rahmanus. Rahmanud. Yes. Okay. And then finally but also something else. atahu right? It is true. You are their create. You are the the God who shaped us, who created us. The Yitzram, and you know our inclination. of poetry Yotsram Yitzram. You see it Yotsram Yitzram, right? And you know our inclination. Kheim Basar that we are flesh and blood. In other words, that knowledge. God knows exactly what we are. And as flesh and blood, he knows we are really imperfect and we can sometimes allow our Yateser to push our flesh and blood to do things that it shouldn't do. And God understands this. Okay. And that's why he's willing to forgive us immediately as soon as we do it. And he wants it that way. Okay. So that's, so God's name is an indication of what God really wants. So do it. Do tshuva. Do it. Do it. Do it. And there will be forgiveness on God's part. Okay. That's what it's saying. Hopeful, right? On, on page 143, we were depressed. Ah, now there's hope, but now there's going to be a statement. I'm, I'm going to finish this. So bear with me. Okay. Because I'll, I'll move quickly, but these next two paragraphs are amazing. All right. Okay, so what is the human being? He says we're Basar Vadam. And that leads immediately into the next paragraph, which is now going to talk about Basar Vadam. We've already talked about God, right? God has all this patience, is patient and forgiving. What are we? Okay. Adam, yesodome afar, basadola afar. We are, our, our origin is from dust and our end is to dust. Right? Clear. Bin avshoyah We got to work our hearts, our 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 souls out. So, nefesh means the power of life within us. We've got to work our power. Our, it, it's a life of inner, of of sweat, of hard work that we to bring our bread. In other words, our bread does not appear magically like the manna in the desert. We got to work. We got to schwitz to make our. To, to we got to work hard. To get food, we are now here we are <coughs> equated we are compared to these are metaphors for us, okay we are a herez hanishbar, a smashed piece of pottery, hatsir yavesh, dry bone dry crops, Tzitz no a a spark that that uh passes right quickly. Oh, no no i'm sorry no a shriveled flower that's what it is seeds is a flower um it sail over there like a passing shadow anankala to a very light cloud that just disappears Ke'ruach no shavit like a, a breeze that blows it's here and it has gone kavak poreach, like dust that is scattered in the breeze it's interesting the breeze comes before the the dust right like a dream that just flies away. Okay.
1: Is, is this is this shard in any way related to the shards that we place on the eyes of people when they're uh, undergoing after death? When but the, when they're <clears throat> into the... well, I,
0: I, in a sense. But I mean, but this is this is really talking about the temporary nature of human beings. And that, well, what
1: I, yeah what, that, what, what, huh? Go ahead, go ahead, continue. When a person gets and I'm, all of a sudden I'm my senility is showing showing in my when when we wash them down and then we're putting them into the casket, um, and we put broken shards on their eyes, yeah. cover their eyes. Is there any historical relationship to this, as well as to what Jeremiah said? I read in the note down below that this comes yeah, from. Yeah, probably is.
0: Probably is. Yes, I would think so. I mean, I don't know the history of the development of the customs. I can, I can, I can go, go along if you don't know. That's
1: fine. But I think it might
0: be. Yeah. But it's a good analogy. Absolutely. Well, you can okay. that, notice look below. On right. the Wait, uh, Wait one second. If you'll see below, all of these are drawn from biblical sources. Okay. The poet has gone out of the way to pull out of the tanakh these metaphors all of which point to the temper the, the temporary and 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 delicate nature the, the the weakness and and the the fragility that's the word i'm looking for of the human being that's us right and god understands that god understands that he know he understands us And this is trying to help us understand it. Okay. Well, the implication here is we are, we are very fragile. Therefore it's probably in our best interest to, to draw as much strength as we can, right? From, from getting God's support on our side so that our fragility won't cause us to suffer. We're going to die, right? We're gonna die. Doesn't talk here about Olam Haba, right? It's not the issue. They don't, you don't want to bring it up, okay? This is how what we are, and it's very powerful. By the way, it's it's interesting. Um, don't turn it. Don't turn the page. But I'm gonna to read to you now. Uh, this is from this is a lead up to in in the sh- in, in the morning service this is what is said to the um du- during the weekdays and on Shabbat this is in Birkota HaShahar it's in the it's in the it's in the Mazor as well in the this is before we actually say the list of the first 13 blessings. you know baruch Shah Hassani this and shloshani that and so forth and so on this is a few a number of pages before it okay but it is also the lead-up to the Al-Chait on Yom Kippur for Shacharit, okay? So here it is. So um, you recognize, you recognize our sins and our mistakes, acts of will and those committed under compulsion, public acts and private ones are equally revealed and known to you. Okay, that's the introduction. Then it goes on, listen to this. Ma anu, mechayenu, mechasdeenu, matzitkenu, ma 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 Okay, what is our? What are we? What is our life? Our goodness, our righteousness, our achievement, our power, our victories. Okay, um, what shall we say in your presence, Adonai, our God and God of our ancestors? Heroes count as nothing in your presence. Famous people are as if they never existed. The wise seem ignorant. The clever ones as if they lack reason. The sum of all their acts is chaos. In your presence, the days of their lives are futile. Human beings have no superiority over beasts. All life is vanity. Okay, et cetera, et cetera. All right. What can we say before you? You who live in the transcendent. You live on high. What can we tell you about ourselves, you who dwell on high? Surely you know both the secret and the reveal. Okay, you see here it's the same notion, right? That and uh, here, of course, this in in the Machzor, in its placement here before the al Alchit. Clearly, it's intended to do the same thing here. Although here we're not there yet, this is leading to the Kedusha. But this notion of our in our, our, our Im, immense minute, minuteness, okay, if that's not a contradiction in terms, our immense minuteness in comparison to God is just the reality. So it's, it's, it's used elsewhere. I'm saying different words, but you see here too, you see this is sort of a rhythmic. <speaking in Spanish> Sail overka anan kala ruchno shevit uhalom yauf, right? Rhythmic repet repetition. And here, me anu, mechayenu, matsi ke hastainu, matsi keinu ma yishane, ma kohen. it's like a mantra, but it's a mantra of putting human beings in their place. All right, I don't know the, who wrote that poem. I don't know if it's the same uh I, I, I don't know I, I didn't check the authorship of that anyway but you get the point right anyhow it's this powerful stuff all right so but now but this is god now we're going to finish up so we are these temp we are the, these fleeting creatures here today gone tomorrow the Melech el by contrast you are the eternal King who lives forever. Ein kitzvah lishnota, There's no limit to your years. Okay. Now remember, in the we in the first part of the the Natanatokef, um, uh, we said God God uh, establishes the kitzvah, the limit of human life, and now that same term is picked up by the poet. In comparing God to humans, there's no limit to your years. Ain kates La yamecha. There's no end to the length of your days. Right? What does Kabbalah call God? Ain sof, infinite. Right? Infinite. Ain sure lamarkavot kodecha. There is no counting, no measurement of the. I don't know what markovot means. Chariots of your glory. In other words, the grand, the the splendor of your glory. You can't. We, there's no. There's no limit to it. it. It's 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 immense. It's infinite. It's infinite. Okay. So here we are. We are this totally finite, fragile creature that can poof like that disappear. God is this huge. Immense, powerful, eternal entity, right? And here, listen to this: Ain perush la elom shmecha. There is no interpretation, no no in, no explanation for the hiddenness of your name, right? We say it's it comes from the word haya, right? But we don't know. It it means existence. Okay, what does that mean? Right? There's no way we can even understand the hidden meanings of your name. We say compassion. Okay. But even that is imperfect. And we're talking here about an immensely powerful deity. Right? But now listen. Listen where this goes. Shim, so Shmecha, okay, alright. Shimcha nae l'cha, Your name is fitting to you, this Yudhei Vavhei name. Shmecha. And you are fitting to the name. It's, it, it fits you perfectly in the sense that we don't understand what God's name really means. And guess what? We don't understand the full essence of what God is. That's perfect. We are only dust. It, it's a humbling statement, right? You see the gap. Yeah. And something. It, it's. I think this. This contrast here is very significant, especially in the 21st century. You know, we think. You know, we can do this. We can do that. Da 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 da. All
1: right. It, it sounds funny when you first read it or say it. Your name befits you when we don't understand what the name means. Yeah. But the line above where it says there's no understanding of the mystery of your nature makes this line very logical. Yes. Exactly. Right.
0: Okay. However, all of that being said, karata bishmecha You have called uh, so... Um when we say our name, we, we use you, we, we allude to you. We, we, how's it say it here? Um, you have linked your name with ours. Okay. That's okay.
1: That, and that's only, my, I mean, there's a question, that's only because we believe that God has chosen us, that we say that he has, he, she has linked the, his, her, Name to ours, is that correct? I'm, I, it may be because
0: he re- the name was revealed to us, right? And it's part of, I, it's not clear, I, again, I'm not sure if he's, is he, is he playing around? We are B'nai Yisrael, right? Right. Israel, yeah. Alright, there it's Ale. That's a God, one of God's names, okay. But I, I don't know that may, maybe, I don't know what the author has in mind, but in some yes, God has allowed his name to be associated with us, okay? We super humble, lowly creatures can have the sense of a relationship with God, this immensely powerful being, okay? And, and he has allowed us to link that name to us, maybe it's referring to the use of the name in blessings, uh, even though we, you know, we say Adonai, Hashem, whatever, right? The use of the name in the priestly blessing. Okay. The fact that it's, you know, in the, in the Torah that we read and we confront it all the time. The fact that we use it, um, you know, in names that we use for ourselves, right? Yermi Yahoo, Yesha Yahoo, Yehudit. You know Yehudi. It, well, it's it's very interesting. The word Yehuda, Judah. Yes, is that a composite between God? Uh, is Something associated as gift, thanks to God, Modet to God, Modet ani lefanecha. Right. All right. Moedim anachnu We we. But on the other hand, you huda that for those first three words, three letters, you would have. Evolved, right? So I mean the point is we use that name as part of how we express and identify ourselves. So in spite of the fact that we are lowly what we are, we still have a relationship with God, which means, therefore, that we can expect that if we do chuva, then That relationship will serve to our advantage, and we will be able to survive. Okay? And final statement. Again, the name. The name. This thing began with, Ki kishim hakein tilatecha, right? Second line on the page. Your praise is worthy. You are praiseworthy because the praise that we give to you is appropriate for your name. You are the Rachaman. Okay? So now, Asselem Anshmecha, act, you act kindly for the sake of your name. In other words, show the world. Oh, that's it too. Hold on. Right. What is our mission? What is the mission of the Jewish people? This is, this may be also part of this. What is the mission of the Jewish people? Why are we people?
2: I thought you were asking, isn't it to be a light among the nations? In what regard? Well, that's the interesting thing, right? Because the thing about being holy, we don't quite know what holy is. Yeah. I don't know
3: Many people. Often.
0: Right, right. But it, it, is, it is, well, it depends what text you read. Most of the texts say that in order to do that, we have to do certain things. We have to live a holy life and, and follow holy principles. And then we become holy in the process. Okay, De- Deuteronomy is the only book in the Torah that actually says that you are holy. And that's why God has a right to punish us horribly, because we don't res- respect our holiness. The other books will say, you know, God's going to punish us, but we are because we have not achieved holiness. So it's depend- <laughs> it depends how you read it. Okay, no, but but ultimately, what is our purpose? Why did God choose the Jewish people? What does it mean to be a light unto the nations? A light to what? A dukman example. Okay. An example
3: of what? We're
1: supposed to
0: show...
3: How people are supposed
1: to be. We're supposed to show the world that we are a good people who try to be good to all peoples. Okay, but Why? What because, is God, God, what, because God asked us to be, because he designated us to be. Okay, but... It because says, we are
3: created in his image.
1: Says,
0: they are too. It says, I will be sanctified in your midst.
1: So if we don't behave well, then it reflects badly on Hashem.
0: Right. And if we do behave well, then...
1: Then it, it, then the other will be, well, it's like testifying to the other nations how good God is.
0: Yes. Right. <clears throat> okay. Yes. In other words, we are the ones who, by how we act, what we teach, we demonstrate what God, that this is, this is because of this God. Okay. And the opposite, so we are the Mikache Hashem, we are the sanctifiers of God's name, we are the and it's the name that's a term that we use, right. We are the sanctifiers when we act in a way that does justice to what God represents, then the rest of the world will say, "Oh my, they're right. There is only one God, right, Second paragraph of the Alenu, which, by the way, comes from Rosh Hashanah anyway. Second paragraph, okay, we look forward to the day when everybody, they'll give up their idolatry, and they will come to recognize you as the one God, ruler of the universe.
1: But there's right. there's other religions that that feel that there's only one God, right? I mean, right. but it still shows us to, to be the yeah. leader in that. We're not telling
0: everybody, nobody has to become Jewish. All right? We're not designating specifically which faith tradition the world is supposed to follow. We're just saying there's one God. And if everybody would come to that recognition, then it is prob- it's likely that we could figure out a way to work together to do to this world what it needs to be done. It's an optimistic dream, of course. But the point is, In that sense, our name is linked with God. Remember what Ezekiel says. Why is God bringing back the Israelites to their land? For their sake? No, for his sake. Because every time these people, as long as these people live outside their land, then people are going to say, boy, they have a weak, powerless God. He can't even bring them back to their land. Okay, that's how Ezekiel says it. But the point is, ultimately, how we live reflects upon God and reflects upon the degree to which the world can come to recognize that there is only one God, okay? We are the ones who find holiness in all aspects of life, a hundred blessings a day, right? We say blessings for this, blessings, Baruch Ata Hashem, for this, Baruch Atah we are associated with God's name. We show everybody that this is something that God has brought to us. Appreciate this one God who does all this stuff. And when we don't do that properly or act, you know, if we neglect that or act opposite to all that stuff, then we are, and they associate us with God's name as we are, then obviously. It's making a statement about our God. Either he's an evil God or he's a powerless God because we don't, we're not even afraid of him. That's the point. Okay. okay. Now that's what it says. Look. So do this for your name's sake, right? Sanctify your name out through, I would say, those who sanctify your name. That's us. You know, because of, by, by virtue of your, of your glory, the glory of your name, right? So we, which is revered and sanctified by us. And then it goes right into, if you're Ashkenazic at least, the beginning, well, that's for Musav, right? But but it's the uh, uh Sephardim use that for Shacharit also. Okay? So in other words, but this notion it is this is a revered and sanctified name. Who is it that does the revering and sanctifying of God's name? We do. So that's what it means that your name has been associated with us. We are the ones who take that name and bring it out into the world so that the world can accept and appreciate that name. Okay, and that's it. Okay, an amazing poem. Structurally, ideologically challenging, thought-provoking, right? I, I mean, I must tell you, I have never appreciated this as much as I do now because of wanting to prepare it for you guys.
1: Well, I've never prepared the way you made it for us tonight. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: But, I mean, thank you. But thank you for presenting me with the opportunity to do this. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts.